You're listening to The Self-Worth Circle, hosted by Julie Haxel and Eva Eslander. We are here to remind you to raise your self-worth and wear your invisible crown. It's time. Hi, and welcome back to The Self-Worth Circle. Today, we have... um, very, very, very interesting guest with us. It's actually just me, Eva, today, and I'm interviewing Olivia Weil, who is a shamanic energy healer. Um, I was very, very, very fortunate to do a one-on-one session with her um, maybe a month ago or some, or maybe even more. <laughs> Time goes so quickly. Um, and it was a very powerful, powerful experience, and I got so much out of it. So then um, it felt very aligned and natural to also ask her to be a part of our podcast and and show. So welcome so much, Olivia. Thank you so much. Thank you, Eva. Thank you for having me and a big hello to everyone listening. So where are you right now? So I am visiting some family in the Midwest and uh, usually I'm based out of Florida and traveling around. Last year, I spent a couple of months in the Maldives with the St. Regis and some luxury spas. And so usually I'm traveling around quite a bit, but most of the time I split my time between Florida and Sedona and and I'm based in in the States. Okay. Um, Do you want to share us a little bit about like your upbringing and how you came to be a shamanic energy healer? Because that's not, you know, you don't, it's not something you meet every day or shamanic energy healer. So, yeah. So for me, this path was really a calling, but for most of my younger years, I had a pretty traditional upbringing. So I grew up in the States, in the Midwest, and in Florida, and I went to college in Los Angeles, and then I was practicing law in New York. And at some point, about a decade ago, while I was practicing law, I sort of looked around me and I had everything that I was supposed to want. I had checked off all the traditional boxes of success and I had a cozy apartment on the Upper East Side, living in one of the best cities in the world in in my view and was really so thought I was so fulfilled from all these external things. But the reality was that on the inside, I was really not fulfilled at all. And I had a deep longing uh, for a greater purpose. And at that time, I didn't even know if I had a purpose, let alone what that purpose was. And so that sent me on really a soul journey out west to deepen my practices with shamanic mentors who were already in my life. And then eventually through a series of healing crises and healing opportunities, I was really called to the shamanic path and ended up going down to South America over a number of years to study with more with shamanic mentors who were already in my life, indigenous tribes, and also studied uh, much under Alberto Viodo and Marcela Lobos uh, with the Four Winds Society in Southern Chile. Oh, wow. And how, like, when you said that you kind of just always felt like you have or you were kind of seeking for that deeper purpose. Is that something that became very evident in that phase of your life? Or did you always kind of have this longing or calling for something more than just that like meets the eye, basically? 
I think a little bit of both. It was, I was on track in my early years. I was on track sort of whether it was society or family uh, following that track of what I thought was supposed to be the path, you know, lawyer, doctor, engineer, uh, do something, um, be on a track, pick a career. And, um, and once I got there and had so-called arrived at my destination after passing the New York bar and working for a prominent firm on Madison Avenue, clerking for a federal judge, I had all these career and scholastic and academic accomplishments and I still wasn't fulfilled. So I knew there was a deeper longing, a deeper burning inside of me to seek out and begin searching. And so that really launched and catalyzed me to, in my early 20s, begin researching and reading everything from all different traditions. I, I soaked up everything, whether it was the Bhagavad Gita or all, everything from the East, the West, and in between. And all of those inform my spiritual practices and my toolbox. And at the same time, shamanism, when I came to that path and aligned with shamanic mentors, it felt like coming home to myself. And it was exactly everything that I had been looking for. And what does shamanism, like what does the word or the practice, like what does it mean to you? Like what is it? Mm. Such a great question. So shaman, shamanism, you know, the shaman to me is the one person in the village who can see things that other people can't see, who can dialogue with nature, who can bring back healing and gifts and wisdom from the energetic realms and from the world of spirit. So sometimes it's said that the shaman stands on the equal sign of Einstein's equation E equals MC squared. So they kind of have one foot in the world of matter and one foot in the world of spirit, and they're dancing between the two. And so the word shaman comes from the Tungus tribe in Siberia, meaning to know or to see in the dark. And there are shamans in all different cultures, Aboriginal Australia, the Toltec shamans in Mexico. There are shamans all over the world in all different tribes and cultures. And it's really one of the oldest and most ancient forms of spirituality. It actually predates religion. So it does not conflict with religion or any of the world beliefs. And it actually serves as a basis in that way for many of the world religions and beliefs and anthropologists thinking that it goes back about 100,000 years. But to me, it's really the shaman's role is to improve the quality of life of the village. And that's how I use this work and this medicine to improve lives in our health, relationships, work, and resources in a very practical and pragmatic way. So some of my teachers say, that's great. You can have spiritual experiences, but like, how do you grow corn with it? How do you actually use this and commune with this work in a real and practical way so that we can help our everyday lives, our everyday material lives and our everyday physical experiences. Um, I remember like when we had our one-on-one -on -one session, I found it was so interesting 
because so like everything is obviously energy like like you were saying like we have this unseen world or realm um and kind of like what you were explaining of the shaman is kind of like the bridge between between the two worlds Mm. um and in our session I remember because I was inquiring about like my new founded business and 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 then you were kind of like talking to me about I need how how there needs to be like this balance and um energy exchange also like not just you know in this kind of realm like the things it's it makes me also think about like manifestation and how there's you know a lot of talk about like manifesting things in your lives or you know it's kind of like very trendy thing you see it a lot in, in the wellness um industry if you want to call it that but but also like there needs to be some sort of of kind of giving in order to receive like it, i just found it was so interesting when when you um told me about like Aini and it makes so much sense when you think about it like it's like, of course, because you can't be just expecting to like get ab- abundance, abundance, abundance if you're not giving anything back, right? That open flow, that divine flow. I love that. And Aini is a concept and a way of living and a way of being that has transformed my life as I've integrated it into my own over the years. And really, it comes from the... The Karo tribe, and it's a Quechua word, Aini, A-Y-N-I, meaning sacred reciprocity, basically, sacred reciprocity with life. And the Karo tribe is one of the main tribes that I studied with over the years. And that way of living and way of being uh, comes from them and has reinformed us and allows us to be in that right relationship with all of the earth and with all of the cosmos and with one another. And so it's been super powerful making offerings and opening up a dialogue with with the trees, with any kind of inanimate beings. In shamanism, everything is really alive and you can have a relationship with anything, whether it be the minerals, the the soil, the earth, our non-physical guides, whatever it is. And again, though, it's, that's, that's great to have these spiritual experiences, but how do we improve our lives? And in that way, Aini opens us up to a flow. It opens up the heart space to that sort of that principle of the more you give, the more you receive. And it doesn't always have to be equal. It's, it's about more about the intention and um, showing up in the ways that we can and making the offering and opening up the dialogue since everything is, is interconnected. So the most, really the most profound thing for me in shamanism overall is that it's it's given me a, a map and a compass and tools to navigate uh, it doesn't mean everything's perfect or it's like all divine love and light uh, and yet it's given me these tools and uh, inner resilience and confidence to really breathe through whatever's happening, whatever chaos or whatever uh, circumstances are happening. And in that way, you can really surf the waves and surf those tidal waves rather than being consumed uh, by the undertow or, or by, by the riptide or, or what have you. It's, it's kind of like, you know, in today's world, 
I feel like there's still a lot of people are very like ridiculed if you talk even word like mention words like shamanism. I mean, even like, you know, there's like a lot of people kind of feel it like being woo woo. Whereas as I found it so interesting when you said like, this is something a practice that has, it's longer than like, it has been for way longer than religions. Right. So why, like, why is there this weird stigma around it? It's just like, it's so natural. It's kind of like, just like you said, um, tools for navigating life. But I feel like today we are very detached from that world. We are very detached from nature, um, from spirit, from source, even from ourselves, like our inner wisdom, um, our spirit guides. So I feel like maybe for some of our listeners who might feel very detached or not connected with themselves or with nature, spirit, source, whatever you want to call it. Like, I mean, there's so many different ways to tap into energy. Um, how would you like, what would be some kind of maybe ways for someone to start to get more aligned with source, to feel more supported and held by spirit to where would someone start if you're feeling kind of stuck or struggling or disaligned or not um, supported because there's so much support. So true. I remember when I was growing up, I was, we're, we're all highly intuitive beings and we all have access to that. Some of us have learned to trust it more than others. I remember when I was younger and little growing up, I would see vision, see things before they would happen. And I was very connected in and my mom would ask me kind of different things like, Oh, okay, what's going to happen with this? What do you see in your, in your mind's eye and things like that. But over the years, then for one reason or another, I suppress that, that in, intuition and that connection and that, that visionary archetype. And, um, it's really not exalted in the West, right? It's more, um, here's the book in front of you, rote memorization, academics, do, 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 achieve, get the A, just, and, uh, you know, they're linear. (laughs) Exactly. Super linear. And so, that's what what gets exalted and it's it's a more masculine sort of older paradigm way of doing things and so i always still had that intuitive sense and yet really it was not until coming peeling back a lot of layers and coming back to the shamanic path that i learned to trust my my intuition again and i think like anything the more that you do it and use it and tune into it. It's like a muscle and it's, you're working it, your spiritual GPS, the more that you trust it, the more that you dialogue with it, it amplifies and augments. And it's sort of that feedback loop of giving you uh, information. You trust it, your, your awareness uh, expands and, and then you know, the next time it's even greater and even greater. So it's continuing to evolve. And, and so, you know, for connecting into your intuition, really one, one way is, is just the intention, holding the intention uh, to strengthen your intuition and then seeking out practices, whatever that looks like for you. That may be breath work for some people, really opening up the channel, uh, the vessel, the antenna. For other people that may be working with uh, other tools like tarot cards or 
power animals or things like that. Um, you know, simple movement of really just connecting in and putting the hand on the heart or the hand on the belly and allowing ourselves to connect into our heart space or to our, to our gut, our belly, our second brain, either one of those, you know, when it, wherever we're physically touching our consciousness sort of has no choice, but to, to go there. And so if we just continue to drop back into our heart, drop back into our, our, our belly and our gut feeling, and really it's just continuing to trust yourself. One of the main differences between like a psychic or medium or a shamanic healer or somebody who is super dialed into their intuition. One of the main differences is that they've, they've simply learned to trust it more than, um, than someone who has not yet learned to, to, to trust their own intuition. So we all have it. I love what you said about like, just basically like putting your hand on your heart and just kind of like pausing because even that in in its simplicity, I mean, it's such a beautiful, easy practice. You can do it any time of the day. You can just stop and listen to your body, listen to your heart. Like, what is it saying? And I feel like we're just always go, 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 do, do, do like in focusing on the external world when there's so much wisdom, truth, knowledge, guidance within us. And that's so beautiful and powerful what you just said, just to like put your hand on your heart. Consciousness will like, you know, there's that saying, um, energy flows where intention goes. And and yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, So I wanted to ask you about the different kind of um, treatments or sessions that you do because you, so you've studied with, you know, different traditions. So what are kind of like, what would be, I I mean, obviously they're all going to be different, like all the one-on-one sessions, but what would um, maybe if a client were to kind of contact you and wanted a session, um, maybe what kind of session could they get? And could it be like, who could benefit from um, a healing, like a shamanic energy healing session? I mean, everyone, Mm -hmm. but... (laughs) But yeah, amazing question. So my sessions are really, they, it's a, it's a one-on-one private session and uh, one session is enough to make powerful shifts. And yet some people like to do follow-up work. You know, we don't live in a perfect world and uh, it's also nice to support people through different transitions. It really depends on the person. In any one given sessions, the the sessions are about an hour. They're highly intuitive, highly individualized, customized. And in any one given session, we may be, you know, shifting, canceling, limiting beliefs, soul contracts, lovingly cutting any cords, ties, attachments, uh, tracking any ancestral lineage, patterns, curses, imprints soul retrieval work, bringing back soul pieces that may have been left or fragmented or lost during trauma, and then destiny retrieval, aligning someone with their highest destiny, their highest timeline, and calling in all that is in their highest and best good. And in that way, then 
we're sourcing from the future rather than being bogged down or held down by the past. So it can be a number of those, any one of those, or perhaps even all of them in one session. And um, most people end up feeling lighter and um, it has an immediate effect. So you'll feel an immediate uh, effect during the session. And then it also sort of has a rolling effect where it weaves its way through over a number of days and weeks, uh, impacting someone's life and, and making powerful shifts drawing experiences and opportunities to them and um, in overall improving their, their health relationships, work and resources. And like you said, it really is for everyone. I've worked with a whole spectrum of people, some people who are uh, peeling back layers of childhood trauma and things like that, full spectrum, everyday people, mothers, men and women, business men and women, as well as um, professional athletes, influencers, celebrities, um, visionaries, world leaders. So it's for everyone. And um, it's whatever their specific intentions are about what they want to shift. So in that way, it's much more than a reading. So um, a, one question I get sometimes is how does it differ between like a reading with a psychic or medium and the psychic or medium is reading someone's current trajectory, their current momentum tunnel. And the shaman by contrast is journeying into the field and making the shifts and uh, move this in, move this out, bring this in and uh, aligning the individual with their highest destiny and their highest timeline and, and to align everything with their uh, intentions. I love that. Um, so like how, when you started practicing shamanism or doing kind of, um, these, this work, was it always like for, cause you've said that you've, you felt like you've always been, or you've been always intuitive, but do you feel like it just kind of like got more, mm, that connection got deeper or how was like the big beginning of your shamanic journey as as this healer? Um, were you like able to? Hmm, how would I phrase <laughs> this question? Like, were you just like with um, practice basically? Were you able to deepen it, or how did that like kind of like the transition from Olivia to the shaman happen? Mm, thank you. So. Yeah, it's a, that's another great question. One of the ways that we are downloaded these seeds, these rites of passage, these initiations yeah. on the shamanic path is, you know, really through forehead to forehead and ceremony over a number of years and experiences. And in that way, for the young shaman or someone just starting out on the path, it connects you into a lineage of healers going back in an unbroken lineage, tens of thousands of years. So that then when I show up, a whole team shows up. And so it's really not me doing the work anyways. I'm like a physical representative, a conduit, um, a hollow bone. And yeah. Then when I show up and open that sacred space and open that container, the whole lineage and all the guides that I work with are behind me and with me and also working on my behalf and, and the individual's behalf. So in that way, the sessions that I did 
you know, my very first one versus my 10,000th one in that way, a lot of it's basically the same because I'm not doing the work anyways. And yet there is a practical course, like anything, once we've done 10,000 hours of something or whatever else, you know, it, it, it definitely becomes more familiar. Um, and so it's just, uh, but in that way, it's pretty much, it's pretty much all the same. And then, you know, how there's like different, um, ways kind of being intuitive or psychic. If some people sense things, others feel things, others know here kind of get like, um, yeah, like clairvoyant versus claircognizant or clairaudient or clairsentient. Like, do you recognize yourself as being more one of these or all of them? Or has that shifted for you? Because I've noticed for myself, for instance, um, I have like, I'm most, when I get downloads, it's always just like this inner knowing but then lately there has been more maybe kind of like seeing things, which is very new because I never used to have that. Like have I've never had that before. It's always just been like, oh, I just know this is going to happen. Or I just know this is kind of like the path I should take versus seeing. So I just wanted to ask you for like, what would it, what has it been like for you? And and maybe more about like the the... Because obviously just like with anything, you said we're all intuitive and we all have, you know, we can all tap into this inner wisdom, but obviously just like with every, like anything in life, some of us are maybe naturally more, I don't know, flexible and others are stronger, just kind of, uh, you know, stronger in one way than, than the other. So I wanted to ask about that. I love that. Yeah. The Claire skills, Claire audience, clairvoyance, Claire cognizance, Claire sentience. For me, I, I've always identified um, for a long time, even growing up, I, I identified really with, with seeing and with, with visionary. I really see things like a movie and in that way, super connected into, uh, that one. That's probably one of my preferred ways to receive information, particularly in a session, things play out from my guides, messages received. It really plays out like a movie in my head. And then I'm able to relay that and, and, share that with the individual that I'm, that I'm working with. And yet, uh, that's a, definitely a good point too. It's, it's shifted for me. Sometimes I'll go through a period and I'm really feeling the clear audience and I'm really feeling those messages. And, um, and at the moment I'm really feeling the, the knowing, the inner knowing and the feeling state. And I feel like that's so important with everything going on in our world right now. Right. There's a lot of information and uh, a lot of chaos, confusion. And so the the closer we are to home, our inner home and our intuition and what does it feel like? Does that feel right to me? Is that information that I'm receiving or that I'm seeing in um, a newspaper or a television or Instagram post, does that feel right to me? And using our own inner discernment and our own intuition, because we, we know when something doesn't quite sit right with us. Sometimes we ignore it or we push it aside. But for the most part, we really, we, we have that inner knowing. So at the moment, given, especially given everything going on in the world, one of my main go-tos is really, what's my feeling state? How does this make me feel? Mm -hmm. How, how can I 
um, going, you know, how can I work with this feeling? Sometimes the discomfort and the uncertainty or the nerves is, you know, be, is a good thing because something important is going to happen. You know, sometimes they say like excitement and nervousness is like the same energy just filtered through a negative or a positive belief system, right? right. So then the energy is neutral. And then if it's, uh, if I'm filtering it through a positive belief system, then it's that uh, excitement and if it's negative, it's nervousness. But usually that knowing uh, the way that our heart speaks and our gut speaks is super clear, direct, and it's not confusion like the mind going back and forth. It's just like like a like a dart going into the target, very super dialed in and clear. And uh, it's like a quiet whisper and an inner knowing. Um, can I ask you about, cause just when you mentioned, I mean, obviously we're living very interesting, um, times right now, you know, everything that's going on now, I mean, we're soon going to have, or you guys are going to have the election, but it's obviously it's going to affect the entire world. And, and with COVID-19 happening and, uh, there's just like this, a lot of fear-based energy, but then simultaneously there, there is a lot of people are, you know, diving deeper into their spirituality and, and like the collective consciousness, kind of like the group mind, if you want to call it that is shifting, but there's also like polarizing, you know, it's coming with everything. It's becoming very kind of divided. Um, what, how do you feel or what are your kind of maybe, cause it, it's, it's, I mean, we can probably all agree. It's been a heavy year like how how do you stay aligned when basically chaos is 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 what was what's happening such an amazing topic and something i think something i think it's a biggie something i think we're we're all navigating right we're navigating these uncharted waters and um this is a really unprecedented times and um, a lot of the indigenous prophecies all over the world in all different traditions have prophesized this time in the Quechua and Andean traditions they call it the Pachacuti the world turning turning over and the last one was 500 years ago when the conquistadors came and there was similar famine and viruses and things of that nature, wiping out some of the indigenous tribes. And so everything in nature is cyclical and right. uh, breathing into those cycles and um, coming online with the cycles of nature and the cycles of time. And so for me, that's definitely one thing I'm working with at the moment, whether it's in session work with other people or as on my own individual journey is getting comfortable with uncertainty and on and uh getting comfortable with chaos and so getting more and more comfortable with the discomfort 
and um, really breathing through the chaos, breathing through the uncertainty and using the maps that we have, using the shamanic maps, the medicine wheel, uh, using the compasses that we have, everything in our toolbox to support ourselves on all layers of being. So whether that's, you know, eating the colors of the rainbow and super vibrant, nutritious, nutrient-dense foods and moving our body and yoga, Pilates, meditation, breath work, talk therapy, um, building an altar on the mythical layers and vision boards and staying aligned with our vision and then doing the energy work, shamanic energy work as well to work on the soul layer and the deepest layer of being. So I think supporting ourselves, supporting our vessel at each layer of being so that we can feel confident and prepared as much as possible for what comes our way and yet also surrendering to what shamans call the unknown and the unknowable, which is sort of that X factor, the variables. There's, you know, the more that I know, the more that I know I don't know. And right. so I it's really, <laughs> yeah. So it's really surrendering to that, that unknown and that unknowable. And perhaps, you know, dare I say, even getting it excited for some of the uncertainty because it's really the void and the womb of creation. And so the more that we can befriend uncertainty and befriend the chaos, so many times we want to push things away and like, ah, there's so much chaos in the world. There's so much uncertainty. I just can't even stand it. And so we push it away and that resistance creates even more energy towards that very thing that we are hoping to avoid. And so it's almost like going into it and out the other side and making making the uncertainty, making the chaos, our friend and our ally and asking it, you know, like it's a friend sitting next to you. What did you come here to teach me? You know, right. what did, what is this, this uncertainty, this chaos that's happening? Yeah, I recently had a, a personal situation that felt super chaotic and uncertain and uncertain and uh, on top of all the global stuff. And, you know, I finally looked at that being that sort of shamanic death experience and that that being of uncertainty and chaos. And I just looked it straight in the eyes and I said, what is it? What are you here to teach me? What can I do? And it, it sort of looked back at me and said, well, I just, I wanted your attention. I wanted your awareness placed on me and I'll be an ally of yours and I'll keep you present and even more present and more embodied and more aware in everything that you are facing day to day. And so I said, thank you. You can rest now. And so sometimes it's just facing things head on and inviting our demons to lunch and dialoguing with them and asking the question and finally giving them that awareness of what is it and uh, what's, what's next and how can we be friends and how can you be an ally and how can you serve me moving forward? Um, I, 
I love that. Thank you for sharing that. You know, it made me think about like, like, you know, kind of like the, the only way through and, and discomfort is the Dharma and, and all these, these kind of this wisdom, um, in yoga, for instance, but also I remember in our session, um, I think I mentioned to you, um, that I sometimes when I try or try when I, I channel energy or information, I get, um, fear-based energy and it's almost like, mm, I'm kind of like almost afraid that I'll see something I don't want to see or like maybe a lower vibrational entity or a spirit or I don't know, just I feel like there's this something that's holding me maybe back from really allowing myself to open my third eye. It's just because obviously when once you do open your third eye, you'll see a lot of things. You'll not just, you know, the nice angels and fairies, but there's all kinds of, of energy spirits and <laughs> orbs and, and whatnot. Um, and, uh, and then what's helped me like, cause I still actually, I sometimes still get it when I meditate and I try, I, I do this, um, where I like travel to go meet my spirit guides. And then sometimes I get all of a sudden, like, again, this fear-based energy, it's almost like, I'm, I'm afraid again, I'll see something, but then I'm like, Lately, I've been like, okay, let's just look at this. Like, what is this fear, person, entity, whatever it is? And then it's almost like, what am I afraid of? Like seeing this dark thing? And and then what? Like, it's, yeah, just what you said already. It's just holds so much wisdom. Like just looking at it, like, yeah, okay, let, let me look at you. Like, what, what do you want? And then there's, there's, always something to unpack or learn from, from just looking at the situation. Mm. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. You definitely want to be mindful of who, just like in the physical world, we want to be mindful of who we, uh, spend our time around and who we uh, confront and things like that. And at the end of the day, there may be people that, um, that we don't necessarily want to, to approach. And it's the same in the non-physical world. So we do want to be mindful about who, who we engage with. And you learn pretty quickly uh, during shamanic journeys, uh, who to really engage with and who not to engage with. So there is, um, there is a bit of medicine there in terms of, of who we want to allow into our space. One of the most amazing ways through ritual and ceremony to protect the space when you're going on a shamanic journey and um, like a shamanic meditation or a channeling or anything is to open sacred space. And so that's honoring each one of the directions, the south, the west, the north and the east the earth and the sky, and or some other kind of ritual that you customize for yourself or whatever tradition someone's working with. It could be, you know, I set my intention to channel my highest self now. I open this sacred space and invite in the beings, only the beings that are in my best and highest destiny. Thank you. And so it is. 
you know, something like that kind of ritual and then pairing that with working with an element like lighting a candle or burning some sage or Palo Santo. It really sets the container, the sacred container and the energy space. And then the individual is free uh, to um, journey with that strong intention and the elevated emotion that they have to journey into the shamanic field, into the unified field and do their magical healing work and or their channeling or whatever the intention is, like you're saying, of meeting your spirit guides or um, bringing back downloads or gifts or information and wisdom. So I love a good ritual ceremony to, um, to set the sacred container and it holds you in that space so that we're free to really flourish and explore as those pioneers of consciousness. What's your, um, we once we had an episode with Julia, we were kind of talking about like ghosts and haunted places. And I've had a few experiences in, in my life where I've in, uh, you know, where I've had you know experience with with a ghost but like what what's kind of your shamanic view on ghosts or how to deal with them or yeah if haunted places <laughs> now that's a good theme is and, is, and we're in Halloween. october so that's very apropos yeah. yes exactly so well it's kind of like what i was saying before there's there's people, there's beings in the non-physical realm, just like in the physical realm yeah. that we don't necessarily want to be around or engage with or, uh, or have around us. So a, sh a shamanic clearing for house clearings, whether it's clearing the individual or clearing a house or an office space or a business or a brand or whatever, a shamanic clearing, working with a shaman to clear that energy space is a great way to, to do that. Again, ritual ceremony, opening up that sacred space, burning some sage in Palo Santo. Even if uh, there's not an opportunity to work with a shaman or someone that resonates with you, you know, take some Palo Santo and some sage um, or some kind of clearing water and um, use and work with the elements. Fire is another powerful transmuter and um, in terms of alchemy. And so lighting a candle in the space and holding some kind of ritual or ceremony where you claim the space and you invoke um, whoever, whatever being resonates with you. So it could be Jesus, Buddha, um, the shamanic lineages, whoever it is, gods or goddesses, and um, call them in, invoke them, ask them to clear this space now, send those beings on their way to the light, and uh, reclaim your space. And one of the best ways to do that is through working with the elements and through some kind of ritual or ceremony. And do you see or do you view ghosts as like maybe spirits? or souls that are stuck between dimensions or could it be like, what, what could it be or what can they be? Or could it be anything or. Mm, so 
Well, there's all kinds of beings yeah. <laughs> and so all kinds of beings. Um, in terms, definitely there can be sort of these earthbound souls who have transitioned, but they've stuck around. So yeah. sometimes, for example, I've done some house clearings or clearings of individuals. By the way, it can be, it doesn't have to be in a physical house. It can even be, I've removed, you know, entities and things from our individual chakras, right? So um, the ancestors living through us or um, different entities or different beings. Um, and in terms of, you know, earthbound souls, sometimes um, if somebody uh, transitioned uh, in a pretty traumatic way. Sometimes they're a little lost and confused and they stick around to where they know to be most familiar, like their house of 25 years or whatever else. So it can be any number of things, but there's a multitude of multidimensional beings and it can be people who have transitioned, who are looking for healing, uh, loved ones who are looking for healing, or it can be the whole spectrum of sort of um, other kinds of beings that are um, in or around our space, and we're entitled to to claim our to claim our energy field to be connected. Uh, this is our our own luminous energy field, our own antenna, and so we're entitled to claim our own personal power in our own space, so that no one else is living through us or within us. And that's a great reminder too, you know, just like claiming that. Um, your own body or your own space as well, because oftentimes if, if there is maybe another you know spirit trying to kind of get your attention or anything, I mean obviously they're that, that's what it is. They're trying to get your attention because they're not doing good. So I don't know. That's maybe how I I see it. like if they'd be happy, maybe they wouldn't be <laughs> or like trying to con I don't know how do you see that like they're maybe distressed that they are trying to show themselves or kind of like a poltergeist situation where they're mm. yeah. Yeah, one of my teachers would say, like, looking at our own individual energy fields, like, this is a studio yeah. apartment, right? So we yeah. want to be the only ones living in it, in this earth suit of ours. And so in that way, we, we are completely entitled to have our own, mm -hmm. our own sacred space and um, to to move forward without being informed by anyone living sort of vicariously through us. Um, I'm just going to ask like one more kind of now that Halloween is it's soon going to be Halloween kind of like this and then then we'll switch gears but just because this month also there's two full moons in this month there's it's the second one's like blue full moon it's called when there's two full full moons and it's actually on Halloween but is does is this kind of not aligned with shamanism at all or is that more kind of maybe Wiccan or pagan tradition to look at things like that in the month of October or does shamanism also kind of see this month as very maybe powerful or different? Mm. So what I love about shamanism is there's really no dogma or doctrine. So there's no set of belief systems. It's a way, it's a map and a compass and a way to dialogue with nature and yeah. a way to uh, journey into the energetic realms to bring back those gifts and information and healing. And the moon cycles are 
potent and powerful and very much a part of the natural cycles of everything. So whether it's the stars and, uh, you know, all of these systems, like astrology is a map, is a system. It's a compass. And so in shamanism, um, very much honors the cycles of the moon and, um, and, you know, we are nature, like the saying goes, we're not in nature, we are nature. And so coming back to our natural cycles, our um, aligning and harmonizing our own electromagnetic fields in with the electromagnetic field of the earth and all of that, and coming back into our, our cycles and uh, the cycles of, of the moon, the sun rising each day, the sun setting, um, the seasons, the changing. And so all of these cycles, the more that we can commune with them and um, really allow ourselves to embrace the change and the cyclical nature of time and uh, seasons and um, events and circumstances and be one with these cycles, these natural cycles of life, the easier and easier it is to embrace that change and to ride with the uncertainty and in the face of chaos and making those un those uncertain uh, vibrations and times and that those chaotic circumstances really making those our allies and riding with them and riding those cycles. I love that. I love that connecting and aligning with the elements. I, I feel very aligned with the moon. I've, um, like I've told you, it's, it's I, I created my entire uh, company around the moon. Um, yeah. So lastly, or two, a couple more questions, but I wanted to ask you about maybe like what you're working with currently or any future projects, or do you have any, like any online courses coming up or anything maybe our listeners could join or take part in if you want to share I do have an online course I created with a friend and colleague and mentor of mine and it's called New Ascension Rights and you can follow the website newascensionrights.com and it's an online course, an online book to help us in real and practical ways improve our everyday experiences, our health relationships, work and resources. It's channeled material and we give it right as it was channeled uh, through us. And uh, this, in this way, rights are really um, open up and expand for an individual. They're like seeds that are planted within us and connect us into that primal nature of our inner resources and opens up an individual to the fullness of that which is available to them. And so in this way, and there's a lot of videos in there and some shamanic journeys as well. So, and I think you get access to it for like, it's like a whole lifetime. So it's like a one-time thing and you get full access to it forever. So, um, that's powerful. And, um, also have my one-on-one -on -one sessions and occasionally I'll do group sessions or things like that. So the, the energy work is over zoom and, uh, over video and it's equally as powerful and potent and effective remotely as it is in person. And that's just 
because consciousness is non-local. And so it, the remote healing works that way. And so those are the, those are the two main, main offerings. One thing I'm working with um, at the moment is archetypes and they've been coming to me and uh, very much in my practice and exploring what are the archetypes that, that we hold within us and what are the archetypes that we can call on? What are the ways that we can work with these archetypes and the mythical layers to have real and practical effects to improve our everyday life? Like the visionary, the shaman, the healer, the artist, the yogi, the mother, Mm -hmm. um, whatever else, how can we work with these archetypes as well as their shadow pieces and how can we call on them for their characteristics and their traits and consciousness to help empower us and to help enhance our ease and grace and surrender in our everyday lives. I love that. Um, And also to our listeners, I had a I was so, you know, blessed to have a one-on-one session with you. It was such a powerful mm-hmm. experience. So to all of Thank our you listeners, so um, you should definitely um, contact, contact Olivia for an on, uh, one-on-one session, a remote session, because they are very powerful. And it's so true what you said, like spaces, you know, it's not kind of physically space related at all. I felt the energy so strongly, even if we were doing it, you know, like this, like we are right now. So grateful for it. And one of our listeners, um, you have offered to, we're going to have a giveaway. So we're going to host that giveaway on our Instagram. So um, it'll probably already be out when this show is out. So uh, if you're listening to this on maybe Apple podcast or uh, on Spotify, make sure to go and check out our Instagram because we have a giveaway we're hosting for one uh, one-on-one session with Olivia. Um, and then where can people find you? Mm. Uh, so, so the, yeah. the website, but what about like, what's your Instagram handle? So, <laughs> totally. So the website is a great way to find me yeah. and uh, my information is listed on there. And then my Instagram is at I am Olivia Weil. So W-E-I-L is how you spell my last name. I am Olivia Weil. And that's the best way to connect with me. You can even send me a a DM or private message um, to book a session or going through the website of New Ascension Rights. And my contact information is also on there, I believe. And then we have one last question that we ask all of our guests and it's a, the same question for everyone and it's what our podcast is about um, self-worth so i want to ask you what does self-worth mean to you mm, wow another biggie right mm-hmm. we're all exploring that and figuring that out um for me it's Probably I would say about acceptance. So some of my teachers have said, like, you can change anything as long as you accept things how they are first. And so we can go into the shamanic field and support ourselves in the energetic and shift things around or make a mandala on the earth that represents our life and begin shifting things. But first we sort of have to accept things how they are, accept the uncertainty, accept 
the chaos, accept the discomfort or whatever it is that's coming up for us or that we're facing in our lives. And that acceptance helps us, in my view, to to dance between accepting things and being comfortable that we're, we're already those masterpieces. And yet it's also... Uh, amazing to continue to evolve and hold the highest vision of ourselves and dancing between that future highest vision of ourselves and uh, how things are now. So it's, it's sort of a both and rather than an either or. And so and that that's powerful as well. And then for me, you know, uh, honoring the experiences and the opportunities um, that that make us feel good and fulfilled and confident, basically what some people would call our purpose, right? So our purpose connecting into our purpose. And uh, when we feel aligned with our purpose, when we have a greater purpose and we feel those, those feelings of fulfillment, for me, I'm fulfilled the most when I'm connected into those energies of my purpose uh, and sharing, sharing that with others. I love that. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for your time for, I mean, it's for your wisdom, for, for your knowledge, for your beautiful energy. It's yeah, it's such mm-hmm. a gift and we're very, very, very grateful. And I'm so grateful to also have had the one-on-one session with you. Thank, thank you so much. I'm so grateful to connect with you again. And it's a beautiful women empowering other women and holding that sacred container, being guided by the by the potent divine feminine energies of the moon. And uh, so thank you so much for having me on. And uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to be sharing sacred space with you today. Likewise. All right. And to all of our listeners, make sure to check out the show notes and also partake in the giveaway and circle back next Friday. 